0: the way we work is a podcast brought to you by alexander daniels global your recruitment partner in the additive manufacturing industry my name is julia opria and i'm your host in this podcast i'm also the director of europe at AD global we are committed to helping this industry grow and our contribution to the industry is talent we talk to high potential professionals on a daily basis and with this podcast we want to bring to you their stories, their challenges, and their approach to unknown territories. We hope you enjoy.
1: I think uh, I really believe in networks. I really believe in the exchange of knowledge. And I'm absolutely convinced that when people uh, who are usually busy with printing spare parts talk to people who are busy with printing devices and medical, if they talk to each other, they will find new solutions.
0: In this episode, I'm speaking with Stefanie Brickwede. Since 2015, she has been in charge of the 3D printing project at the Deutsche Bahn, and she's responsible for the successful introduction of additive manufacturing throughout the group. This includes the identification of application areas, the development of business models, and the establishment of a 3D printing competence center. As Managing Director, she's also building up the Mobility Goals Additive and the Medical Goals Additive Networks to help AM achieve an international breakthrough. Stephanie, hi. Welcome to the podcast, uh, 3D People, The Way We Work. It's a pleasure to speak with you today.
1: Hi, Julia. It's really
0: a great pleasure to have you here. So thank, thank you for the invitation. Thank you as well. Um, we're going to have a little conversation today. I would be really Curious to learn more about you, you as Stephanie. who is Stephanie and what does she like to do? And of course, I'm really curious to learn more about your, your work and your accomplishments in, uh, in additive manufacturing. So who is Stephanie and what do you like to do the most? Oh, great,
1: great question. Um, from a personal point of view, I like to spend a lot of time with my children, of course. I have two boys, six and ten. Uh, And they are already very enthusiastic about 3D printing. So (laughs) this is something um, I was able to give to them already. Um, And apart from that, I really love my job, like uh, building up this network, Mobility Goes Additive. And uh, I'm in additive manufacturing now for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, every time, every day is really fun. I can really say that uh, meant by my heart. It's, it's a lot of fun. I really like this great opportunity to um, sculpture the future with additive manufacturing.
0: Yeah, and there's this saying that nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. And I think that this is somehow also the secret behind your work, no? Because you, you really like what you're doing.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think it's so much fun because we spend so much time in our jobs. And if you feel like it's a great pleasure working, then the mm-hmm. whole life is more fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. I agree. Totally. Um, and do your children also print already? Did they get the chance to print for themselves or... Yeah. yeah, they
1: sometimes visit me here on our premises, and here we have like four desktop printers, uh-huh. and they really love uh, watching the printing process and get
0: some so things cool. printed out. It's, it's better than TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they will also pursue a career in 3D printing. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, what is your uh, personal story with additive manufacturing? How did you get into? You said you started three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, some more years ago, I, I broke my ankle three times,
1: and since then, I was looking for shoes which are very comfortable and which are individualized and still suitable for wearing chic shoes with skirts. And This is something mm-hmm. which is nearly impossible, mm-hmm. and so I came across a company which is called Fit in Souls, located in Belgium. And uh, when I visited Materialize, uh, I also visited them. So this was my first step because I wanted, I looked, I was looking for a solution, a very personal solution, and uh, since then I discovered so many use cases around additive manufacturing. Um, and this is why I really like this um, so much. And um, it was uh, nearly the same time when our, within Deutsche Bahn, which is one of my hats, I'm responsible for additive manufacturing within Deutsche Bahn, um, when our um, yeah, leaders went uh, to the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and they want to get informed about the digital Uh, solutions in general and what's coming up next Mm -hmm. and how will the future be. And one of the um, sites they visited was uh, a 3D printing site from Stratasys. And then they came back and said, yeah, we have to introduce this. And at the same time, um, good things always start at different points. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had already um, the first workshop within Deutsche Bahn to take a closer look at additive manufacturing and what we could use it for. And uh, yes, since we are just a maintainer within Deutsche Bahn, it's Europe's largest railway company, um, and we are not a company which constructs trains or infrastructure, we decided very soon that we are not going to focus on prototyping and not that much on tooling, but a lot Mm -hmm. on um, printing spare parts. Mm-hmm. And this is what we started three and a half years ago. And yeah, in the meantime, we've printed far more than 7,000 parts. Oh. And um, yeah, this means more than 120 use cases. And um, those parts are used uh, in different um, sections of Deutsche Bahn, and in the infrastructure, in the stations, in the trains, of course, but also. Uh, within our buildings, so it's it's a very broad variety.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's impressive. And uh, so you said that you have printed almost seven thousand parts. Um, and how did you identify which parts you can print or what applications you need? And how did that process start? And the
1: first times we were a bit naive because we tried to identify those parts via shaking our SAP systems, and this mm-hmm. doesn't didn't work out at all. So um, usually you need a certain set of information to decide whether um, something is printable or not. You need informations about material, of course, about um, yeah also the strength it has to come with, and so on. And you need, in the best case, also a picture where this part is used. And usually our SAP systems are not prepared, of course, for 3D printing. And uh, so we couldn't take those information. And then we switched our strategy... Um, and thought, when we can't do it top-down, then we have to do it Mm bottom-up. And we went to our workshops, our maintenance workshops, and um, just in Germany we have more than 140 of them. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked to our colleagues and asked them um, what should be printed. And at the first um, place you could really see it from their faces. Oh, this is just a technology you can... Uh, print some plastic toys with I some I had the usual
0: <laughs> argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and um, then we said, no, there's, uh, there's even more possible. And so we printed very soon the first metal part. It mm-hmm. was quite a, yeah, SLM part, two and a half kilogram, made from aluminium. It was a terminal box which contains cables of the motor block. And when we gave this part into their hands, you could really see how they opened and tried to think about what could be printed next. And this was really a door opener yeah, to us. And uh, yeah, this is how it started. And now we have like two, three people who are really enthusiastic about the technology in each uh, maintenance workshop. Mm-hmm. And they deliver um, all the time different parts and mm-hmm. ask us for solutions.
0: Mm-hmm yeah so so basically when you if I understand correctly, when you started, you had this skepticism oh yeah, <laughs> that you had to deal with, and then I was thinking, so what what helped you to convince them, uh, and then what you're telling me is the fact that they saw the printed part and that changed their mind or their perspective or some of their perspectives
1: I mean the great thing about additive manufacturing is that it's so haptic. Mm-hmm. you can take something in your hand, you can. Use it, you can rub it, you can uh, smell it, whatever yeah. you can think of. And this is uh, the thing which makes it very different from other technologies. So people and also managers have the feeling that they are very close to producing parts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, even though, of course, they don't produce a single part, but they have the feeling that they could. And this is what it makes it so special. And which also opens up doors again. Um, so people um, have the feeling that they can really produce something with additive manufacturing much easier than mm-hmm. in the other technologies. Mm-hmm. Even though if this isn't always true, but uh, yeah, this helps.
0: Mm-hmm. And what happened on the, on the talent side? So when you, when you introduced additive manufacturing to the whole group at Deutsche Bahn, I assume that... Uh, there was a there was a gap in the in the talent side. Uh, how did you how did you find the people to to work with on long term? Was it like you said that you went to these uh, groups and you found these people who had ideas or were curious or were interested and they started learning about it? Or how did how did that unfold?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. In the first step, we also engaged some very young people from the university. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is now my uh, co project leader, and um, they came with this um, feeling that they can do a lot more than we did before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah, the if you take a look at the staff of Deutsche Bahn, the average uh, person is 47 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can't assume that they already have this knowledge uh, from their own career or also university. So um, this is something we thought about very uh, soon. We have to train them. Mm -hmm. And we um, got a cooperation with the Fraunhofer Institute in Hamburg and uh, we designed some uh, trainings in cooperation with them. And we have, like, a broader group of people within Deutsche Bahn who deal with additive manufacturing. So we have, like, an inner circle of 10, 12 people. Mm -hmm. And we have a bigger circle of uh, 50, 60 people. And we tried to train also the 50, 60 people. And this helps, even though they're not going to design anything, but to have an understanding about what is possible and maybe what is not Um, that helps a lot and another thing we did is usually when you work in a huge corporate you would ask um, the leadership please send me some people in my project we are going to start uh, in October and this is what we need we didn't do it that way this time we just asked who's interested who's really interested in additive manufacturing who's already enthusiastic maybe some people Uh, use it for playing with their modular um, railway systems, like the toy ones. Mm -hmm. And many of them already use additive manufacturing or 3D printing. And they already know a bit about this technology. And they are quite open-minded. And this was exactly the group of people we were looking for. And if you ask into your corporation or... uh, yeah. Enterprise, you will find out that there are a lot of people who already Mm -hmm. do so in their as a hobby or in their private time, Mm -hmm. and this is what we try to figure out.
0: Yeah, sounds really sounds like a a long, like also a long process. Uh, I mean, uh, when you said that you are organizing these trainings, what are the trainings about mainly? Is it how to design parts? Is it about the technology or About industry in general?
1: First of all, it's about the technology, because we don't own any machines. So we don't have the challenge that we need to fill those machines uh, with a certain material and certain use cases which belong to the material. Our approach is much broader. We try to find out the really important use cases for the company, And uh, therefore, we don't want to just focus on one material or one technology. So we try to train them with a very broad approach. What are the different technology? What's coming up next? So that they can already have this in mind to identify the right parts. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do within Deutsche Bahn is we try to find those use cases which really help our customers and help our um, operations to find those parts which uh, nowadays produce a standstill of trains because we can't get them at the markets anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: we are focusing a lot of obsolete spare parts. And um, therefore we are looking for um, certain technologies which are also suitable to meet our
0: very high levels of quality. And talking about the future, is there any kind of solution which you can't... find right now, but you would really like if if additive manufacturing would focus on that in the future? Oh, yeah, a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so usually we need very huge metal parts. And mm-hmm. uh, now we just uh, figured out that, for instance, tech provides a very good um, solution for that. But then you also, of course, have to figure out whether this technology meets our levels uh, of uh, strength and quality and whatever you can think of because we are talking about safety relevant parts. Mm -hmm. Um, What we are also looking for is um, printed TPUs, so flexible materials, Mm -hmm. but not just being used for prototypes. They have to um, cope with oil, with petrol, whatever you can think of in an operation of trains and still have to last for at least six to eight years. And this is still a challenge. Yeah. So another thing we're looking for are um, uh, some alloys, um, which can be compared with welded parts. And um, another thing we're looking for is um, not only high performance polymers, but also flame retardant polymers. Mm -hmm. Um, and our levels of flame retardancy are even higher than in the aviation industry. So we have a lot of use cases and what we are also looking for is um, printing electronic devices because Mm -hmm. we have a a broad uh, range of uh, old parts um, Mm -hmm. belonging to the electronic parts you can't get at the market anymore. And if we can just easily print them, that would be perfect.
0: Wow, it's a lot of new opportunities for the future. Um, and so you, uh, through this whole process of introducing additive manufacturing to Deutsche Bahn, you came in contact with a lot of manufacturers of the machines and the materials, and then uh, Mobility Goes Additive came to life, and, which has now more than 100 members, right? Yeah, that's can true. Can you tell me about this this network, the power of this network which oh, you yeah. established?
1: It's a pleasure. So two and a half years ago, when we were still quite uh, close to the start, we were looking for other networks where we can get into discussions with other users, with machining, provi- machining producers and also printing service bureaus um, to gain some experience and uh, to upscale much faster because we can learn from others and at that time the existing networks didn't um, Mm -hmm. suit our needs because uh, we are not in the aviation industry so our main focus is not reducing weight Mm -hmm. Um, but um, so we decided to found an own network it was like in a startup mode, yeah, just trying mm-hmm. to. Is there anyone who would like to start something? Again, like who was interested in who's interested? Who's interested? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, very soon we had nine companies who were interested. One was Siemens. Uh, it was Leupold Legal from uh, a lawyer, uh, Knorr-Bremse, uh, Materialise, and some others. US, for instance. And uh, then we founded that network, and this was two and a half years ago, and now you just mentioned it, we have more than 100 members. And um, yeah, it, it's really a great pleasure to learn from others and to develop the future together, because every single company has a certain strength. But if you put together those strengths, you're, you're much stronger And for instance, when we're looking for materials, it's much easier to bundle those needs and to address it to, for instance, the material providers. And then they are really glad that they can learn from the users what their needs are. And this is uh, some part of the success of Mobility Goes Additive. Mm -hmm. And then we have eight working groups going on. And uh, we try to solve those challenges and a single company is not able to do so.
0: Yeah, that's the power of the, of the network where everyone is uh, adding something. It's, you're benefiting from others' knowledge, You share is yours. Um, yeah, and here I want to add, I'm really happy that Alexander Daniels Global is also joining Mobility Goes Additive as a source for talent in AM and I hope that this is where we can add most uh, to, this, to this network. And I'm I'm very positive you will
1: because all of those uh, additive manufacturing companies are looking for a staff, and it's really hard to find the perfect people. Usually uh, they are not trained, and if they are trained, um, they can really choose their job. They're mm. like um, diamond dust, mm-hmm. and to find the right people from this diamond dust, I guess you're the experts.
0: And yeah, about diamond dust, we have a statistic, um, we do the salary survey uh, every year, now it's the third year that we've released it, and um, our latest statistic is that for every additive manufacturing position, uh, you have 12 qualified people globally. Globally? Globally, globally yeah. Okay. So what are the odds that they live on your continent, they speak your language, they want to move to the city where you are or they like your company, like you said, they can pick and choose. Um, so this is, is the situation now, talent is scarce, and the people who are really qualified and have been in the industry for more than five, ten years, it's not so many people right now. So there's a long, long way to go and I think that education has a very, very important role in, uh, in all of this, in growing the industry in general. Oh, definitely. We have a huge lack of designers who are really capable of
1: designing mm-hmm. for EM, but also the people who are capable to deal with the machines—they are also very seldom. And this is uh, what we within Deutsche Bahn we try to enhance too. Those young people who come into Deutsche Bahn who want to uh, get a training in the in, in the maintenance workshops. Um, now, um, it's starting this year, they have to design in their training period three parts mm-hmm. and print them out. Mm-hmm. So just to bring them nearer to this new technology and to train them. Um, and if you ask me, from me it's not important whether they print Pokemons or, <laughs> or spare parts. Uh, as soon
0: as they get into contact with this yeah. technology, they move on. Yeah. Mm. Apropos Pokemons, what is the most absurd 3D printed part that you have ever seen throughout your career so far? I mean, there
1: are too many absurd parts.
0: <laughs> if you go through those, um,
1: through those um, um, platforms in the internet where you can um, get those uh, printing files for free. Um, I'm really looking for more parts also for beginners. Um, which have like a, which are not like nonsense parts, but you can use them for something. Um, so um, we are always looking for giveaways, yeah, to hand them out on fairs or also to the staff and to managers. They are all interested. They all want to own something printed, and to find um, really things which. Uh, are not just standing around on your table, but you can use them for anything, this is really hard to find at mm-hmm. a suitable price. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I would be looking for more, if even if it sounds absurd, but this would help the whole technology a lot uh, for brilliant, spear po- uh, uh, sorry, brilliant um, giveaways. Mm-hmm. Giveaways.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's room for a lot of creativity there. Um, I think Pinshape.com is one of these platforms where you can find a lot of um, files for free, and also ones that you have to pay for. Uh, and then there are, I think, really good ideas. I mean, when I worked at Formlabs, we we had the chance to print as much as we like, so I would just go on Pinshape, download the file, and I, right now at home I have quite a lot of stuff <laughs> on my desk, uh, in the kitchen, uh, everywhere. So, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's oh, helpful because I didn't know that platform. I know some others like I Materialize and Shapeways and so on, and there you can find beautiful jewelry, of course, and
0: yeah, there are um, different categories also on Pinche. But I think that they have for sure some giveaway <laughs> category. I looked that up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you also founded another network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so
1: we found it just recently, Medical Goes Additive, mm-hmm. um, because I'm absolutely convinced that in the medical sector, um, first of all, they are quite far if it comes to additive manufacturing. Um, you can print already hips and um, um, shoulders and uh, bones and um, orthoses and prothesis and pills and whatever you can think of. You can do it individually and this will really help patients in the future. And uh, I think, I really believe in networks, I really believe in the exchange of knowledge and I'm absolutely convinced that when people uh, who are usually busy with printing spare parts talk to people who are busy with printing devices and medical, if they talk to each other, they will find new solutions. And this is what we try to enhance within our our two networks. And um, what is really interesting, we have a company which is called Takeda, it's a Japanese company, they are located not too far from Berlin, Mm -hmm. and they print spare parts for their machines, but they also print pills. um, if you are really looking
0: for such um, hybrid solutions, this would be a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I found me for me personally, uh, when I watch videos or I read about uh, medical applications, this really impact me on an emotional level. I get emotional. Like I've cried on videos where, you know, I've seen people. Um, improve their lives uh, thanks to these medical applications and also the reason why I got into this industry was because a friend of mine um, survived after a really really bad accident um, and he survived thanks to additive manufacturing so he has a skull implant lifelong implant and if this technology wouldn't exist, then it'd probably not be alive anymore. So for me, it like really hit me in the chest, so 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 really seriously that uh, that then I started uh, looking into it. So my for me, medical is always the, <laughs> the one that touches my uh, my emotions.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are so brilliant use cases, and even if you just just print some some modules for uh, a surgery, and we have like in the oncology uh, part, they're very complicated surgeries, and if you can print out the model before, and to get an orientation about where the tumor is located, Mm -hmm. it helps the surgeon, it helps the patient, because uh, the surgery doesn't take that long, they need one surgery less, Mm-hmm. And this really saves also a lot of money. So this is a win-win-win-win-win situation. And um, yeah, exactly, this is what uh, is enabled via additive manufacturing. And I can totally understand <laughs> your feelings about that. So I would share them. Yeah. And um, even if you go a bit a step further, if you think about... In uh, other countries, very poor countries, what you can do with additive manufacturing and print out, also some small devices made from plastics with an FTM printer, those also can save lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with little things, you can
0: um, have a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these these things are really, really meaningful Mm -hmm. from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you advise to people who want to enter this industry I mean you're working with students as well what do you advise them how would they be able to learn the fastest or build their network the fastest or just be successful Um, or is it does it matter should it be fast or should not be fast I don't know um, yeah, be fast yes.
1: and um, just do it. And this is an advice not only for the young people, but also for for other people who are really attracted by this technology and don't really know how to get into the, the scene and the technology. Just start to. Just um, go to a maker space or uh, just buy a very... You, nowadays you can um, also buy very cheap printers from... Formlabs, MakerBot, UltiMaker, um, you can even buy them as a, uh, as a set you first have to build up and those don't cost a lot, but if you just start about this and try to um, create the first things on your own, um, then uh, yeah, you will move on, definitely. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't even have to buy. You can, like you said, you go to a makerspace, and if they have all these desktop printers there, you can already uh, experiment. You get a free file from Pinshape. <laughs> not a Pinshape advertisement, but really, it's the only one I know that I use. Um, and and you can, if you have your own experience, then uh, then you can already uh, speak about it in a in a job interview differently. Um, and you can share more of your, your real interest or your um, concerns about it. And there are even more
1: and more uh, courses you can do via the weekend. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, just Google it and I'm very sure that you will find something um, in different cities and uh, just to get into mm-hmm. the whole
0: technology. Yeah, like you can, you can go... Um, I don't know if these makerspaces, they themselves organize... Courses. Yes, they, they do. do. Yeah, they do. There are also the online ones. Like I, I, am Digital is also providing courses. There are some that which are for free. So, yeah, it's just about uh, investing time and energy. And a uh, few months, maybe three months, you can already get the basics of of, uh, of a design software. Maybe.
1: Yeah, and I mean, four years ago, I haven't had a clue about additive manufacturing. <laughs> it's nothing you're born with. Yeah, you can just learn it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah It's a lot of fun learning that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're a wonderful example of showing how much you can accomplish if you, if you really put your enthusiasm into it and, and, uh, and you like what you do. So, yeah. It's good, good speaking with you, Stefanie. Thank you very much for this, uh, for this episode. Thank you very much, Julia. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Alexander Daniels Global. My name is Julia Opria, and I'm your host. I'm also the director of Europe at 80 Global. Follow our page on LinkedIn to get the latest updates about job opportunities and news from the additive manufacturing industry from the US and Europe. If you have any feedback or questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Thank you. Bye-bye.